Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. My name is Kyle. I am one part of two co-hosts on Inside the Jungle here. Um, Just me tonight, Clint Richardson, my normal co-host, will not be joining me as he is uh, traveling around this weekend, getting to go see some family and friends. But we have to cover what is the unofficial beginning of Auburn men's basketball season. Now, we have covered our season preview on a previous show. If you have not checked that out, please go back and listen to that because we have some great discussion in there about looking at the schedule, new players on the team, how it's all going to shake out. And yes, at much to Clint chagrin, some predictions as well on that show. So go check that out if you have not done so as well. But I do want us to get into a little bit about this exhibition game because last year, I don't know if many of you guys remember this, but there was a little bit of an interesting situation. We played a little team called Barry College for our exhibition last year, and it did not go so well. And uh, Auburn social media collectively lost their minds and much like they do sometimes for other sports, um, started calling for people's heads and and things of that nature. But Clinton and I, and as well as several other people uh, who do podcasts and things like that, were calling for people to just calm down a little bit and wait just to see how the season plays out. And lo and behold, one of the most historic seasons in all of Auburn basketball history. It was a very exciting season to watch, and I hope that that's going to be the same case Maybe not the same start, but the same case this year as well. Uh, so we're going to be breaking down the exhibition win for the Auburn Tigers. Yes, a win. We did not uh, falter and lose to the Lincoln Memorial. And I'm trying to make sure I have this mascot name right from the Rail Splitters. The Lincoln Memorial Rail Splitters. More on them in just a second here. But your Tigers did win 76-62 to uh, the final score on that game, the exhibition game Friday night in Auburn Arena. Now, let's talk about the team that we played here, the Rail Splitters. First of all, that's pretty interesting name. Never heard of that before. You know, Hilltoppers was probably the most interesting one until now. Now the Rail Splitters is the interesting one. But besides from their name, I do have to say, from what I understand about this team, if you did follow the game, you know it wasn't on TV. It was just on the radio. So you kind of had to piece things together when you can't watch. But supposedly in a Division II team, which is the division these guys are in, they are ranked number three to open up the season. Uh, So this was not a pushover for a Division II team. You know, there's always the argument to be made when a Division I team plays a two or a three, is it just a cakewalk? But when you start playing the upper echelon of those divisions, it's pretty close to playing your own division's type of talent. 
at least at that current period in time right now. So I will say that Coach Pearl, I think if you're going to play teams in Division Two and Three, that this was very smart scheduling on his part to make sure he gets a team that is not just going to be pushed over run over and that they actually had to fight against and that's exactly what happened this game the score shows you a little bit of a comfortable lead at 76 to 62 but if you follow the game throughout the night you will know that this game was maybe towards the end a little comfortable but for the majority of the game they could just not get away from the rail splitters so a very good team for Auburn to have on their schedule especially for a game that's not going to count and I'm happy that we don't have the travesty of Barry College, as I've called him now. Every time I say Barry now, I have to say it like that. Um, but I'm glad that that didn't happen this year and that we can celebrate an exhibition win and kind of use that momentum going into the rest of the season. Um, so let's talk a little bit in depth about the game itself from what we can tell, obviously not being able to watch it. Uh, a lot of things you'll hear here you expect people that normally score a lot of points scored a lot of points. Uh, some returns uh, to the court for certain players, some players missing, and also maybe one, two new uh, faces on the court as well for Auburn t- this this week. But let's go through the um, major players scoring for this game, and we'll start off with our stars, which were Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Malik Dunbar, Chuma Okiki, and Anthony McLemore. This was a lineup that we got used to a lot, minus we don't have Mustafa Heron this year. Uh, all of last year, McLemore, before he was hurt, was in there. And then Spencer, Horace Spencer, comes in and plays the six-man type role where he and McLemore uh, kind of trade in and out, or him and Okiki as well. I really like what they've got working there with the big men, with McLemore, Spencer, and Okiki all sharing and I say sharing loosely, but giving time to each other and playing together very well. I really like that dynamic that Coach Pearl has with those three guys right now. And again, uh, Jared Harper is our highest scorer of the game, 22 points overall. Bryce Brown with only six, and uh, that's kind of indicative of how much the Tigers struggled uh, from beyond the three-point arc in this game. They were only six for 26 for the game, 26% from beyond the three-point arc. That is unheard of from last year. It only happened a few times. This is was a very good shooting Auburn team last year. And, you know, this is one of those games where you're supposed to kind of work the kinks out, get the dust off your boots, so to speak. And I think that's what was happening here. Uh, you see them just trying to get their shot, their rhythm down. Um, usually last year, as Bryce Brown goes, Auburn goes. And I'm happy to see that tonight, at least, this game, that was not the case, with Bryce Brown obviously struggling to make his shots. He was 2-for-6 overall from three-point land, only 2-for-8 from the field with those three-point shots there. Uh, So scoring-wise, Bryce Brown did not contribute a lot, but I'm sure that he played well into the dynamic of the team. Malik Dunbar with four points, Chumo Kiki with 11 points, Anthony McLemore with 13 points, and then Spencer... Horace Spencer came in with 14 points off the bench as well. So even that, and that goes to show you here the importance of Horace Spencer to this team is the fact that he is coming in as the sixth man. And I will tell you from personal experience, um, as I I didn't coach legitimate uh, competitive basketball, but I have had some coaching experience and some playing experience as well. Sometimes the sixth man 
is the most honored position on the court because you are trusted to come in and, and not miss a beat. Usually when you have a sub in, it's kind of like I need them to give these people a rest and we probably have a drop-off from it. But that is not the case with Horace Spencer. Um, he had another beautiful hook shot in this game. I have long just spoken the wonderfulness that is the baby hook shot from Horace Spencer, and he continues to get better and better at it. So I'm happy to see that he was the second leading scorer for us overall off the bench. So a couple of people coming to play for the first time and returning to the court overall. First one to talk about is Dangel Purifoy. You heard me right, Dangel Purifoy. Um, with the scandal last year, you know he had to sit out uh, with Austin Wiley, was not allowed to play, and he's still technically serving some of that suspension. Um, I think he's got about nine games left uh, until he can play again. Don't quote me on that. I may be wrong. But since this is an exhibition game, he is allowed to play in it, and couldn't have worked out better to get him kind of in the groove, used to how the team's going to play on the court. Granted, the dynamic, I'm sure, will change a little bit as they move on to the season before he can start playing again. But to get him in there, kind of, again, get the cobwebs off and work through that, I think is very key there. But I was happy to see and hear his name called on the arena floor again tonight. It's been missing for quite some time. Austin Wiley is still nursing a bit of an injury from preseason, so he was not out. But uh, Javon McCormick, a new face for us, uh, got in, didn't score any points. Um, he had quite a bit of time, though, 21 minutes. And I think you're going to see him as the one that's giving Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, um, rest periods for uh, much of the time. With, with 21 minutes played, you see the amount of uh, confidence that Coach Pearl puts in him as a first-time player here on this roster for the Tigers overall. And then, of course, you see a lot of the other players getting some uh, time to come in. That's always good to see uh, players like McCoy, Parker, Williams, uh, Cole Blackstock, Will Collier, getting a chance to come in the game, even if it's only for a minute. That means your team is doing well when they get to come in as the walk-ons and play a little bit more. We are missing this. this the sad thing here is Patrick Kime is not on this roster. And it's so weird to not say that after the first four years of the Coach Pearl era, being able to see him as the linchpin of that roster, the heart and soul. So beyond the offensive stats, let's talk a little bit about defensively, which is a staple of a Coach Pearl team. Uh, on the defensive end, the Tigers um, had uh, developed a reputation last year of causing havoc with offenses, and they seem to be keeping that true to form this year for the first exhibition game, and they forced 19 turnovers. But on the other flip side of that, the Auburn offense, along with struggling to make it from beyond the three-point arc, they kind of got into a little bit of trouble with turnovers as well in this game because, um, again, I feel like I'm saying this a lot tonight, kind of working out the kinks, getting the cobwebs off. They are uh, still trying to kind of figure out how all this is going to mesh. And not a lot changed other than losing Mustafa Heron and having some additions to the team, but those are still things that they have to work into. It. So you're going to see the Tigers have some issues in some certain areas, um, and sometimes it's probably going to be some turnover things. And again, you've got to give credit uh, to Lincoln Memorial because as a number three team from Division Two, we already know that they're going to be pretty decent, at least competitive, and not be run out of the gym, so to speak. One thing that does not seem to be falling off for the Tigers is their free 
throw shooting. Uh, they went to the line 26 times, making 18. You know, honestly, it's not the best uh, free throw percentage in the world. It's only 69%. That We talk about my keys of the game all the time. You'll hear a lot about that when Clint and I are back together. That's below what I want at 80%. But for a first game, hey, I'll take it. And especially when you have guys like Jared Harper going to the line and going 6 for 6. That's clutch right there. you got to have your point guard making their free throws because he is so good at drawing fouls and sometimes acting a little bit uh, and getting to the foul line. A couple other stats for you guys to look out for the Tigers. Overall in rebounds, they won the rebound battle 41-43. to Defensive rebounds, they had 33 and offensive 10. So a pretty even match for Auburn and Lincoln Memorial, which is probably what kept the game so close for so long. That's a very key thing to look at there is how each team does in the rebounds, and it kind of speaks to how the game probably progressed, and that seems to hold true here. But Auburn getting the better of them on rebounds with 41-43. to 43. Looking at some more of the defensive stats, uh, six blocks for Auburn, four steals, and then also 14 assists as well. Um, so some interesting stats there to see when you look at six blocks from Auburn that can show you that the size of Auburn in this was probably a bigger factor over the rail splitters if I keep I keep having to think about if that's the correct mascot or not uh, but very good stats in a game that seemed to be kind of frustrating and in, in, in the fact that we expected to pull away from them uh, but all the same for a first game this game feels a lot better than after that Barry College loss last year. I am so thankful that we're not having to relive that again. But that is how the final score got there. 62-76. to 76. Your Auburn Tigers beat Lincoln Memorial in their exhibition, their only exhibition game for the 2018-19 season. So as we like to do before we close out the show, we want to take a look at the next game going forward and to open up the regular season um, your Auburn Tigers will be taking on the South Alabama Jaguars, and that's going to be in Auburn Arena. You can watch it, thankfully, on the SEC Network uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time, uh, welcoming an in-state team. And Clint and I have long talked about the importance of having these in-state teams come to Auburn and participate with them um, in those type of uh, games because for the state we feel like it's a very important thing and coach Pearl has expressed that as well so I'm very happy to see that he is following through on that promise to invest in playing teams like UAB South Alabama I don't think we've played Troy yet I feel like we played Jacksonville State uh, but there are many other teams yet to play and he's always talked about having that in-state uh, tournament someday maybe in Birmingham where you invite Alabama UAB South Alabama uh, Troy anyone else that wants to come and participate in it. And I think it's a great idea and a wonderful thing. So I'm happy to see us have another in-state team to play uh, this year as well. So we don't have a lot to talk about with South Alabama because it's the beginning of the season. Um, their exhibition game, as far as I can tell, is not even listed here if they had one. Um, but the main notes that I have for you guys is that they fired their head coach of five years at the end of the season and have hired Nichols State uh, head coach to come and uh, lead their squad going for Richie Riley. I don't know much about him, but you know, when you have a new head coach, it seems to go one of two ways. Either it's, you know, a rebuild time or it's really good. And it kind of jump starts the program, you know, 
I think a lot of us hoped when Bruce Pearl first got here, it would jumpstart the program, and it did, but just over time. And it was more of a rebuild type thing. And so I would anticipate that's what it's going to be like. You're going to see a South Alabama team that's probably um, not going to hang with Auburn for long. I've been wrong before, and I hope I'm not. But I do think that's the case. Um, so I think that's even more important when you look at the scheduling here with scheduling uh, Lincoln Memorial as your exhibition game because it gave the Tigers a bit more of a challenge than South Alabama is probably going to be overall. But this is the first real test for Auburn to figure out how they're going to function without Danielle Purifoy and possibly without Austin Wiley going forward for the next couple of games, um, which – you know, we want them back and to get them into the fold and into the mix, but at the same time, what if they can't go the rest of the season? We had to figure it out last year, so we might as well try to figure out how it's going to make it work the rest of the season and plan to work without them until they are there. Because at this point, it just feels to me like I, I, they could never have stepped on the court before because I've been used to not having them for over a year. That's your preview for the South Alabama versus Auburn matchup, which will take place this Tuesday evening. Clinton and I will be back together to break down this game uh, as soon as that one is over and the stats are out. So be looking for that one dropping as well. What I want to know from you guys is a question that I want answered at the end of these show notes. You can put the comments on e2cnetwork.com on the post for this episode. We want to know from you which Auburn player do you expect to have the most points for the South Alabama match. Put those there in the comment section on e2cnetwork.com for this episode, and we'd love to hear from you. If you want to find me on social media, you can do so on Twitter, at TigerEye24. And until we see you guys again for another game of Auburn men's basketball, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to e2cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?